Unity of Farmington Hills, a powerful path for spiritual living. who thinks the thoughts that changes things that shape my life. I am the thinker who thinks the thoughts I have the power to change my life. I am the thinker who thinks the thoughts that changes things that shape my life. I am the thinker who thinks the thoughts I have the power to change my life. If you ask me who am I, I am wisdom, I am light, I am more than meets the eye, I cannot be defined. I am the thinker who thinks the thoughts that changes things that shape my life. I am the thinker who thinks the thoughts, I have the power to change my life. If you ask me what am I? I am joy, I am more than meets the eye, I cannot be defined. I am the thinker who thinks the thoughts that changes things that shape my life. I am the thinker who thinks the thoughts I have the power to change my life. I can choose to be the light. It brightens someone's darkest night And so much more than meets the eye I cannot be defined I am the thinker who thinks the thoughts That changes things that shape my life I am the thinker who thinks the thoughts I have the power to change my life I have the power to change my life I have the power to change my life. I saw you up there smiling, Fernando. <laughs> he was getting into it. <laughs> Let me bring this down here for a minute. It's in my way. I'm so wired today, I couldn't sit down and clap, and this music makes you want to move and groove. So thank you, guys. Can we give them another hand? Well, good morning, Unity of Farmington Hills. Good morning. Oh, I love it. Yes, sir. Right, good morning to those of you who are tuning in online. For those of you who are new and don't know me, I am Reverend Kelly Kincaid, the senior minister of this beautiful church. And I, <laughs> woo woo! <laughs> who to buy what the way is in the year, the 25th year anniversary. <laughs> so, for those or visiting. I hope you enjoy the, uh, I can hear me in this. Can you hear me in this? Yeah, okay. <laughs> I don't want to go down there again, so <laughs> I'm going to make it do what it do, right? <laughs> okay. So, uh, okay, it's doing it. I'm going to hold it up there. So for those of you who are new, I hope you feel the love in our spiritual community because that is our vision is that you feel that we co-create a loving and compassionate spirit-filled world. So that's what we're doing. Okay, so I'm going to give our announcements, and then we'll get back to the service. So please join us today after fellowship downstairs in the social hall, because we're going to be celebrating birthday today. I'm going to use this. Thank you, stubborn. You got to follow God, so we're going to follow the flow. Okay, so since it's birthday Sunday, there's some 
some light refreshments downstairs, and we want to celebrate you. So after service, come on down, and we can celebrate. If you cannot come down, please at least come and say hi to me so I can acknowledge you before you leave out. Amen? Amen. <laughs> Our annual World Day of Prayer service is next Wednesday. I'm getting excited about it, and we're going to be having it on, in person and on YouTube um, it'll be led by our prayer chaplains, and I'm excited about that as well. So the theme is holding the high watch. And so let's come together to hold the high watch for our world through reflection, meditation, and prayer. And then my next class starts in two weeks. It's entitled Know Thyself. And it will be on September 13th. It'll be September 13th to November 15th on Tuesdays from 6.30 p.m. to 8.45 p.m. And I love this book because you gain a deeper understanding of prayer on a higher level, your higher self, and your purpose. And so if you want to join us, go ahead and purchase the book, which you can get on smile.amazon.com, or you can get it at Walmart. And then email me at seniorminister at unityfh.com, and I'll sign you up for the class. The women's group is starting to, their um, gatherings again in two weeks on the 11th of September. It'll be at two... Um, 12 p.m. down in the social hall. So it'll be right after we do our early pre-start for our uh, silent auction. And what we're going to be doing is we're going to have a thought-provoking discussion, but we're also going to have someone there to talk about a little bit about Healing Touch because the women's group is also having a Healing Touch event. So if you have any questions, you can ask the person who will be there. Our critical conversation Zoom meetings will be starting back up again. That's the purpose and what started the silent auction in the first place. And in these meetings, for those of you who don't know, we, it, these, con these uh, conversations are cultivating healing, love, understanding, and compassion between the races, so white people and black and brown people, and coming to a deeper bond together. But it's also encouraging allyship and agents of change. And that's powerful, right? We're here to co-create a loving and compassionate, spirit-filled world. And so these conversations are a part of that. And so you, everybody's invited to join us on the second Monday of September, and then it'll be from uh, at 7 o'clock to 8, 8.30, and then it'll be the second and fourth Mondays of the month. So I'm excited to get back into those of you who have been participating. Um, I appreciate that, and those of you who will participate, I look forward to having you in the discussions. There's one thing I want to share about that before I move on. Um, people are finding out about it. So there's one of my teachers down in, uh, near Unity Village. Her name is Ram, uh, Reverend Sandra Camp. She's been having her own conversations called Courageous Conversations, and she wants to be a part of ours. So she's invited us on, actually today, if you want to, it's Unity Temple on the Plaza. They're having their conversation today at 3.30 our time, 2.30 their time. So if you want to be a part of that conversation with me, you can join, go onto the website, click on their register, and they'll send you the link. The other part is they're going to be a part of some of our conversations as well. So I'm excited about that. We're co-creating this across the country, y'all. Isn't that deep business? So now we're going into um, the women's group. Like I said, they're having a two-day healing event. It's a healing touch event. It will be uh, for the men and the women of Unity of Farmington Hills. It'll be at the Healing Touch Center in Farmington Hills on two days, Wednesday, September 14th in the morning at 9.30 a.m. to 1 o'clock, and then later that evening from 5.30 p.m. to 8 p.m. 
And then on Saturday, the 17th of September, there'll be 9.30 to 1 p.m. You got that? So if you want to be a part of it, you can go and get a 30-minute um, body, full body treatment to balance and realign your energy for only $20, and that's pretty good. That's pretty good. So if you mention Unity FH, that'll get you your discount. If you have any other questions, there's some flyers out on the counter across the hall in the sanctuary, across the hall from the sanctuary with more information. Okay, we got I mean, just, I, just a couple more and I'll be done. Our silent auction fundraiser is going to be on September 18th, as I said. We're doing it for the Equal Justice Initiative. This is a powerful nonprofit organization. They go by EJI. And this organization is committed to criminal justice reform, racial justice, and telling the truth about the history of racial injustice in our country. And I'm excited about that because we get to promote them. We get to do something to put some action to our critical conversations. Amen? So on September 18th, we're going to start off our bidding downstairs in the social hall at, at 10 a.m., I mean 9 a.m. to 10 a.m., and then we'll finish up with a, it's going to be some sweet business down there. From 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., we got some entertainment, we got some refreshments, I'm going to be doing 50-50, so you can buy some tickets for 50-50, and also it's going to be just a lot of fun. Um, and we'll be showing some videos that you can get some more information about EJI. So if you want to give some items and you're thinking about it, think about something that is really like high end, that can draw in some, some you know, a, a nice bid that you can bring up to the um, room five. And Lois will be there today from 11 to 11.45. And on Tuesdays, Vicki will be uh, in that room from 2.30 to 4. Let's go ahead and make this do what it do, right? Yes. Yeah, uh, Lauren and a few people, we're going to make it do what it do, right? All right, this is an awesome thing. Michael said this year that he wanted to make this a huge year of outreach. And we've been doing a lot of outreach. Can you imagine us giving $5,000 as a donation to an organization that's making, doing a whole lot of good in this world? Can you imagine that impact that will have? So let's support all oh, the, the newlyweds. Oh my gosh, Kai and John have been married a year today. Just came in. Don't come in late. I'll call you out. I will call you out. So we're asking for volunteers. That's the reason why I'm making this such a big deal. There's a sign-up sheet outside, and I promise you, every time we've had an event, we've had no less than 14 people because I love you guys in your heart. So please sign up to help out for the silent auction. And also, we are going to be passing out these flyers that Faith made, and Eileen set up a perfect process. These flyers share the rest of the community events that we're going to be having, like our trunk or treat, our pet adoption, and we got a couple other things that we're doing, our movie night, and it's for the community, y'all, not just us. So if you meet Eileen after service today, she's going to give you a packet, and you can pass them out in a certain neighborhood that she has. She got it all lined up for you. I love those Virgos. They take care of details. So she'll have it all ready for you. All you got to do is go to that neighborhood and fill it out. She even got the number of houses in the neighborhood, y'all. I'm just saying. And that's pretty good because all you can do is stuff them in there. Amen? Amen. All righty. So... Um, to stay abreast of our activities, because I promise you there's a whole lot more. I just want to keep it short because we've got a lot to go, do today. Just go to uh, uh, visit for our weekly activities, our outreach, our upcoming events. Visit our website, unityfh.com. 
Check out our Facebook page that Faith's been keeping up. And then also check out the weekly newsletter that Matthew's been sending around uh, every, t- every Friday. He's been emailing it to you. Our prayer chaplain today is uh, Roxanne Berry. And there should be a beautiful picture. There it is. Roxanne Berry. That's a pretty picture. She will be holding the sacred space for us today. And she'll be praying for you after service in the sanctuary. Let me tell you that this is big. Because when you're nervous to pray and you step forward for the Holy Spirit and for God, that's huge business. So let's give her a hand, please. And I want to thank all the prayer chaplains for doing that. I wanted a prayer ministry. And see, you guys, we've been held up in prayer by these prayer chaplains. Roxanne, Eileen, um, Lynette, and me, and also Sharon Lewis. And so, you guys, we're supported deeply. Any cares or any worries, just send them in to us, either through the prayer box, email me, call the, the uh, prayer line, whatever, whatever way. Well, not me. Prayer chaplains um, at unityfh.com. Because prayer is the the cornerstone of unity. Amen? Amen. All right. I'm almost finished. Oh, I am finished. And now, for our, uh, now when our mu- uh, that our music team is about to uh, sing Shirley to Presence, prepare your hearts and minds for the daily word and for our opening prayer as their, their beautiful voices talk to your hearts and your minds. All righty. I'm done. <laughs> for the moment, anyway. <laughs> I'll still use it. I like having my hands, and I don't want to hit myself in the face. All right, so now it's time for the reading of the Daily Word. Sunday, August 28, 2022, Purpose. Today we affirm, I pursue my purpose with passion. And our message reads, over the course of my life, I have discovered what has kindled my passions captivated my attention, and made me feel most alive. My passions lead me to discover my purpose, to which I choose to devote my time and my life. My highest spiritual purpose is to live from my divine nature. My divine gifts of life, love, and wisdom express uniquely through my passions, fulfilling me while demonstrating the truth of my being. I listen to the still, small uh, voice of spirit within to discern the best way to fulfill my purpose. I heed its call to learn, discover, and grow. It's never too early or too late to embark upon a journey of a lifetime. I am ready, willing, 
and more than able. I'm going to say that part again. I am ready, willing, and more than able. And our Bible verse for today comes from John 18, 37. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Now let us pray. So I invite you to gently close your eyes and take a deep breath with me. And just allow your attention to float down into your heart center. And as you continue to breathe in softly, tune into the center of your chest, tuning into a feeling of love, a feeling of peace, a feeling of stillness. It is from this space of love, peace, and stillness that we pray. There is only one power and one presence that is active in our lives and in the universe, and that's God, the good omnipotent. And as we tune into that power of God, we tune into our purpose to be love, to be the divine nature of God expressing in this world. We allow our minds and hearts to open to hear today's message. From the intention of receiving the meaning of it. And um, a little bit soft. Yeah. And as we move into the meaning of it, we become that meaning in this world. And so let's just breathe in deeply a feeling of love. And as you exhale... Let your mind release and let go and let God take on what concerns you today. That you may push that out of the way just for a little bit. If you want to take it up after service, you can, but just right now, push it out of the way and just sit for just a little bit in a peaceful state of oneness. Just breathe in love real deeply one more time. And exhale love out into the world deeply. Becoming mindful and purposeful to live and breathe and have your being in that love. And God, in the mighty name and nature of the indwelling Christ, we pray. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Amen. And now let us go ahead and affirm our statement of being. God is all, both invisible and visible. One mind, presence, one mind, one power is all. This one that is all is perfect life perfect love, and perfect substance. I am an individualized expression of God.
I am ever one with this perfect life, perfect love, and perfect substance. And it's that the growth affirmation, I forgot to send in the teacher's part, but when we get to where it says seekers, let's, let's put seekers and teachers of unity truth. You see where it says seekers? Let's add seekers and teachers of unity truth. And next week I'll have it fixed, I promise. Okay, let's affirm this together. We give thanks for our expansive congregation that fills our halls, sanctuary, and classrooms with seekers and teachers of unity truth, fills our hearts with love and joy, and provides us with all of the necessary resources to co-create a loving and compassionate spirit-filled world. Thank you. Well, good morning once again. This is a song by Michael W. Smith, and it is called You Won't Let Go. shadow comes without the light making a way and no raging storm can ever defy one word of faith and my heart remains sure in the wind sure Nothing can separate. Whoa. 
I love it. I love that song. Uh, no? Ah, uh, using his mic. I know, but they can't hear me in YouTube, so I got to use it. We, we got to accommodate those who are watching online as well. So here we are. I'll keep it. I, I just, I'm going to pray and thank God that I'm not going to hit myself in the face with the mic because I, I, over at uh, Unity Church of Flint, I was getting all roused up, and I knocked myself in the face. Luckily, I didn't knock myself out. I just knocked myself in the face. And I get rambunctious up here, so it was like somebody soccer punched me. <laughs> and it was me. <laughs> I was dazed for a minute, but I didn't get knocked out, right? <laughs> I'm just being real. Sometimes I keep rambling. I forgot my Bible. Okay, well, that's all right. I have, Howard has it. Um, as I was rambling and rushing out of the out of my office, but normally I have my Bible with me, and if you guys feel led to bring yours, feel free to bring it, because it's nothing like actually reading from the, the actual spiritual book of, of God. So I heard this uh, cute little joke that I wanted to share. Um, I'll share yours next week, uh, Dennis. Oh, he's over there. I'm used to them being on this side. <laughs> I was pointing that way, and Peter was there, like, oop, wrong person. But Dennis, I'll share your joke that you share with me next week. Um, uh, so a pastor was greeting his uh, parishioners as they were leaving outside in the, you know, in the, in the sanctuary, I mean the uh, foyer area. And he saw this one member who hadn't been there in a long time. He, he doesn't come that often. He came up to him and said, you know, sir, you need to be um, in the army of the Lord. You need to join the army of the Lord. And he said, what are you talking about? I've already joined the army of the Lord. He said, then how come I only see you on Easter and Christmas? He said, because I'm in the secret service. <laughs> and some people, <laughs> if it's been a while, <laughs> I'll ask them, are you done with your mission? Because <laughs> you're in the secret service. No, I won't. I won't call you out that way. I'll just call you out of something good like our newlyweds who are here right now. Yep, for their, their first year anniversary. And that's kind of nice to, to come in on your turn Sunday. You could be somewhere else, but you're here celebrating your anniversary with us. I'm so happy. Let's give them a hand. Kai and John Kasbar. All righty. So let's get started. So we have been studying the parables of Jesus throughout this last several weeks, and we're going to continue through this study. And today the title of my talk is parable of the wheat and the weeds. And last week when we began our service, I began it with an, I mean my message, I began it with an invitation. And my invitation was, would you join me in becoming God? And you all said yes. And so with that, what it means to me is that we become deeper, uh, stronger expressions as individualized expressions of God. But in order to do that, we go deeper into the understanding of who we are as the image and likeness of God and the relationship we have with God. Amen? 
And so what I talked about last week, what I shared last week, is that the difference between the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. And the reason I was saying that is because these first parables that we've been studying, Jesus has been using earthly stories, which is a parable, is an earthly story that has a heavenly meaning or a heavenly truth rooted in it. And these parables are called parables of the kingdom or kingdom parables because they're comparing our everyday life with some aspect of the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. And now when I nuanced this with you, I was telling you that you can read interchangeably how interchangeably how kingdom of heaven and kingdom of God are listed in the Bible when you're reading it. But there is a difference. There is a nuance between them. The kingdom of God represents the omnipresence of God, which is everywhere present, absolute, unchanging. So that includes the spiritual truths, the spiritual law, spiritual principles. Those are all aspects on how God works in the dynamic of the spiritual realm and the physical realm. Amen? So the, 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 omnip- the he- kingdom of God, this is the kingdom of God. So when we talk about the law of vibration, that's part of the kingdom of God. When we talk about the uh, law of attraction, that's talking about the kingdom of God. Law of vibration is the, vi- the spiritual consciousness that you're vibing in, the thoughts that you're vibing in. That becomes your vibration, and it activates the law of attraction, which is a magnetic field that draws whatever you're vibing to you. Amen? But that's absolute whether you're in the human realm talking about it, thinking about it, being it, or whether you're in the spiritual Well, I'm going opposite. The spiritual realm or the human realm, because the spiritual realm is a higher vibration. So that's the kingdom of God. The omnipresent spiritual realm of God is the kingdom of God. The kingdom that Jesus said is within us is, our, is, the, is in our consciousness. There's a realm in man's consciousness where you can understand, you can re- relate with, you can experience the presence of God in this world. And when you are experiencing the presence of God, you're feeling peace, you're feeling oneness, you're feeling the actual law moving and breathing and having its being in you. That's the kingdom of heaven. Does that make sense? The kingdom of heaven is how we experience, know, understand, and live as an expression of the kingdom of God. That's the difference between the two. You got that? Okay. What we are cultivating in the part of life that we can change. See, now I'm hitting my hand. I got to back away. The part of life that we have to heal, I mean, uh, experience and elevate in is the kingdom of heaven. Because that's our experience of God. So in the Bible, it was changed. It should say kingdom of heavens because there are different levels of spiritual consciousness and spiritual awareness and spiritual experience of God. Amen? That's why the Bible says that we are here to be expressions of heaven on earth. Heaven is our experience of God. And as we live that experience of God on earth, we become heaven on earth. Amen? Okay, I wanted to make that clear, and I'm going to keep doing that because it's important for us to know that as we live as an expression of heaven, we are demonstrating the kingdom of God. We're demonstrating the kingdom of God. Okay, so in this parable, man, I feel, without my Bible, I feel like I'm naked. Um, parable of the wheat and the weeds, but he is locked up, though, so it's okay. Um, it's in Matthew chapter 13, verse 24 through 30. And this one is only in that gospel. I was telling you all that the first three gospels of the Bible are called the synoptic gospels because they're very much close to the, uh, sharing the stories and the teachings of Jesus. So they may share similar stories, but it may be uh, nuanced and, dis- and described in different ways. And in Bible study, I go deeper in that because I talk about the different audiences and the different people who have written those gospels, and we go deep into that. 
And I got another series coming up, by the way, called The Men Who Wrote the Gospels, and we're going to go into that. Because every single book, every single story, every single person, every single place represents some type of aspect in our consciousness. Amen? Charles Fearmore, who's the co-founder of Unity, says that the Bible represents the phases in consciousness. So we start off with Genesis. Genesis is when we're, um, is our beginning. And in Genesis, that's when we're open to all the possibilities of the power of who we are. And then you move into, and that's the generation part of our consciousness. And then you move into degeneration when you start to experience those aspects where you start feeling a certain way about yourself that's outside of the alignment of God. Does that make sense? So in that consciousness is when you have feelings of insecurities or things like that. And so that's degeneration. Oh, you got the Bible? Oh, thank you. Ah, thank you, Cindy. She brought me the Bible. Is this the New Living? Ah, sweet. Okay. <laughs> I told Vicki I'm excited earlier. She said, I can't tell. <laughs> I am underrated. <laughs> okay, thank you, Cindy. So, where was I? Uh, I Degeneration, thank you. Degeneration. So that's the Old Testament when they're starting having the issues of listening to, they have to obey God or you're punished by God. And those kinds of thoughts are degeneration thoughts. And then we go into regeneration, which is the New Testament where Jesus comes to teach us that God is an expression of love. And when you come from the expression of love, there's no condemnation in God. And it brings us back into the possibilities and living from the possibilities of who we're created to be. Amen. So that's the phases that we go through in consciousness. Do you remember where you were when you came into unity or even when you grew up in unity? How you felt alive and awake in one? That awareness that there's a difference in practicing Christianity versus um, just learning it and going out and just doing your thing? So Jesus uses the parables to move us into a consciousness of having that regeneration, coming back to the truth of who you are, and seeing that truth of who you are through the eyes of God. Because he saw everybody through the eyes of love and the eyes of God. And through these stories that represented phases of what they were doing in their life, like planting or, or, being, or selling things or things like that, um, using leaven like yeast to raise bread, even that was used. That's one of his parables. Next week we're going to talk about that. It's deep business to look how he's taking an everyday story and he's bringing the truth out of it. So what does that mean? That means that each and every one of our lives is a parable. Like, let that sink in. You are not just here to be the image and likeness of God. Your earthly life, your earthly experience, what's going on in your circumstances, is a story where the kingdom of God is present there, because remember, God's omnipresent, everywhere present. And it can be demonstrated in your circumstances. It doesn't matter what it is. God's there, and you can demonstrate truth in that situation. Back then, they were um, expecting a Messiah to come in and physically rule and take over and da-da-da-da, go in and overcome the Romans. See, I just hit my hand, okay? Um, hit, uh, overcome the Romans through a physical movement. And Jesus was saying, I'm not coming to teach you how to live in the kingdom outside of this world. I'm teaching you how to become the ruler of your own kingdom within your consciousness of your mind, the kingdom of heaven. Does that make sense? And so that's how he used these stories. So I wanted to connect those dots. And last week, we did an uh, imagery kind of thing. 
And in that imagery, I love that that came to me. What I forgot to do was connect that, that Jesus uses stories to activate the imagination. Because when you activate the imagination, you activate our power of creation. Does that make sense? And then when you use the power of thought and image it in your mind, and then you begin to speak it, because he was speaking those things out, then you activate through the power in your throat, you activate that in this world. It's a prayer that goes out into the world. So be careful what you're thinking in your mind, because those are silent thoughts that the world can't hear, but you still hear yourself thinking, and be careful what you say, because what you say provokes it in the physical realm. So as the kingdom of heaven, that's how you're operating, through your thinking, speaking, being, acting, and believing. Amen? Okay. We got that? Cool beans. All right. So parable of the wheat and weeds. We're in Matthew chapter 13, verse 24 through 30. Here is another story Jesus told. The kingdom of heaven is like a farmer who planted good seed in the field. But that night, as the workers slept, his enemy came and planted weeds among the wheat, then slipped away. When the crop began to grow and produce grain, the weeds also grew. The farmer's workers went to him and said, Sir, the field where you planted the good, that good seed is full of weeds. Where did they come from? An enemy has done this, the farmer exclaimed. Should we pull out the weeds? They asked. No, he replied. You'll, you'll unroot the wheat if you do. Let both grow together until the harvest. Then I will let the harvesters, let's all say the word harvesters. I will, then I will tell the harvesters to sort out the wheat, weeds, tie them into bundles, and burn them, and put the wheat in the barn. Let me just go ahead and center. God, I have been feeling you so deeply these last couple days, working this parable inside of me as I become a spiritual harvester of the wheat and the weed. And so I remove myself from the human realm. I turn control over my voice, my body, my mind over to you, releasing the human experience of it and the human consciousness to let spiritual realm come in, tuning into the kingdom of God through the kingdom of heaven in me. Let the me decrease and the I am come forth. I thank you, God. Amen. This is deep for me to pray this prayer because um, I have been having a lot of uh, experiences with this parable coming up in my own life. And so when we go into this deeply, and in verses, which you guys can read later, I may go into it, I don't know, but in verses 36 through 43, Jesus gives an interpretation on a deeper level, and I probably will, but let's let God work. So when we look at the, no, I'll just go ahead and read it. Um, we're going to where it says the uh, parable of the weeds, it, weeds, wheat and wheats explained. And this is in uh, Matthew chapter 30, 13, is verse 36 through 43. I'll just go ahead and read it, and then we'll go into Thank you, Howard. He has it up there. Then leaving the crowds outside, Jesus went into the house. His disciples said, please explain to us the story of the weeds in the field. Jesus replied, the son of man is the farmer who plants the good seed. The field is the world, and the, good seed, uh, and the good seed represents the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people who belong to the evil one. The enemy who planted the weeds among the wheat is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world, and the harvesters are the angels. 
Just as the weeds are sorted out and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the world. The Son of Man will send his angels and they will remove all from the uh, remove them all from the, his kingdom, everything that causes sin and all who, will, who do the evil. And the angel will throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of the teeth. Yeah, sounds so good, does it? <laughs> then the, but the truth is, some of us are weeping and gnashing at the teeth right now, so it's not an experience you got you to wait till you die to do. Okay, then the righteous will shine like the sun in the Father's kingdom, Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. And we understand that when he says anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand means to listen with the heart of understanding and then to actually become the expression of what you've heard and understood. Okay, so let's go into this. So he just said, I'm listening, that the farmer was the son of man. And what he said when he was saying that was the farmer represented him because he was the one who was bringing the understandings and the truth of the Jewish traditions on a higher level to his um, followers. He was saying that that was him and the, and the seed were the ones who were listening. But it's deeper than the ones who are listening. It's the ones who are listening and following what it is that they're learning and following and living according to the truths and the teachings that Jesus is giving. That is the seed that becomes the wheat. But in the process of that, are those who are not as loving, don't have a purpose to live and understand and go in truth teachings. They're the ones who just want to cause havoc and, and, um, and they just want to do their own thing. So they come just for the socializing of it and then go home and go about their own lives. And it doesn't penetrate deeply, so they do not become the seed that creates the wheat. They become the seed that creates the weed. Does it do that? Do you understand that? And it, and it hasn't changed within the last 2,000 and so years. There's still that in churches. Well, I'm not saying our church, because I'm not saying it's in our church. But it's still the fact that people, but there are still people in unity who do not get it and still talk and think from limited awareness, limited consciousness. That would be the weed thinking because it's of a limited lower vibrational realm. You get that? And then those of us who are majority of the time in the consciousness of prosperity, in the consciousness of truth, in the consciousness of love, in the consciousness of having a relationship with God and following our purpose as we're guided by God, we will be considered wheat. So there's a wheat consciousness and mentality, and there's a weed consciousness and mentality. Does that make sense? Now, he used how they used to do that because back in the day, when you planted wheat, the weeds that would come up with the wheat, at first they looked the same. They look similar, but as they started to mature, the wheat stayed its sandy, sandy brown color and went up st into stalks that were high, and the weeds started to look decrepitated and were darker colored, so you could tell the difference between the two. But the other part is the weeds would entangle in the roots of the wheat. That's why you wait till the harvest is full before you cut it off. And then when you cut it, it's easy to separate because you, you cut it you can just separate it because they're connected at the root, but when they're mature, they don't cut it at the root. They cut it at the highest part where they can get all of the wheat. Does that make sense? Okay, so at that point, they separate it. Now, what does that mean? There are times in our life, even when we came into unity, where it sparked something exciting inside of us. What it sparked inside of us was, was already what we are. That's the divine ideas, the divine truth, the divine principles, the divine spirit of who you are is the weak. That's your consciousness. That's who you are. It's part of you. But then there's also that limited way of thinking that we've adopted. 
those thoughts, those un, uh, uncomfortable false thoughts, limited thoughts, untrue thoughts that we learned about ourselves that we came, came from outside of us. You didn't learn those things from yourself. You learned it from outside of you. That's the end. That's, that would be considered the enemy dropping the seed in your consciousness. Does that make sense? Your field is the consciousness. You got the truth thinking and you got the false thinking all in the same consciousness, which is the field of your mind. When we're trying to do something new and exciting and true, you still got those false thoughts there too growing with you. It's not until you're really deeply rooted in what you want to change into that you can truly become the harvest to let the wheat prosper in your life. Does that make sense? Because as you try to do it, the old familiar starts coming back. And then you'll be doing stuff and you'll forget. And so why am I doing that again, what I used to do? I keep doing what I used to do. Because the body is used to familiar and habitual. So you have to develop a stronger way. For instance, when I messed up, I used to call myself stupid. And I, I found myself saying that the other day. I was like, I'm not stupid. It creeped up on me. I found myself saying stupid. And, I, and with that, was a sh I felt ashamed. I grew up hearing good girl, bad girl, or good boy, bad boy. When you made a mistake, you're bad when you did well. And it wasn't that it was intended to be that way, but that's the interpretation I got from that. Does that make sense? And so when I messed up, I called myself stupid. And for me, in intellectual is a big thing. I, I haven't found where it came from yet, but I can tell because I'm still touched by it when I'm thinking about it. It's still some part of me that's feeling shame when I mess up. Does that make sense? And so when you mess up, Depending on those of you who are perfectionists, if you're a perfectionist, there's a whole lot of shame those moments you mess up, and you got to talk yourself into knowing that it's just a mistake. It doesn't mean I'm a bad person. It's just a mistake. Does that make sense? But it takes a minute for you to believe it's just a mistake. I, I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm still perfect in the eyes of God, but it's just a mistake. It takes a minute for us to get that and truly believe it, right? That's because that we thought is still interlocked in there. And when we get to the point where you truly believe, it's just a mistake. The tears don't come anymore because they're not charged with that feeling of shame because you messed up. Does that make sense, everybody? That's when the harvest is mature. So you let that thought stay and don't tackle it yet until you're strong enough, strong enough. And you will know when to go ahead and change it. And when I got to that place, instead of saying I'm stupid, I changed it to say I made a mistake. There's a different connotation for me. Maybe for you, it is, each one of us is different. But for me, it's a different connotation. That's me taking the harvest and separating the wheat from the weeds. Does that make sense? As I change and say, I just made a mistake. I can correct it. Or if I can't correct it, I made a mistake and it's okay. That's burning the power of that weed that was taking the life of that wheat. Does that make sense? And the part, and so you burn it, what happens is thoughts cannot be killed off. They transmute to a higher thought. So I took that thought, I'm stupid, and transmuted it to, I just made a mistake and it's okay. Does that make sense? Let me tell you the, the other piece in the physical realm, what Jesus was talking about. You cannot destroy a wheat. You can't destroy the energy of it. It starts as a seed, grows into a sprout, 
The seed dies, but it still grows into a sprout. The energy has changed. And then it starts to mature. And how it looks there, it started to mature. The energy has changed. It's no longer a sprout. And then it becomes the, the mature wheat, and the energy has changed. It does not look like a sprout anymore, but the energy has changed. It's still the wheat. And when you burn it, it turns into ashes. The energy has changed. The energy has changed. And now that energy can use for fertilizer for the ground. So if you take that low vibrational thought and you change it into a true thought, You've changed the energy of it. You've burned away the shameful part of it. You've denied the power of the emotion that was triggered by it, and you turned it into something higher. Does that make sense? That is the purpose. That is the purpose of Jesus' story. He used what they did and how they processed. So they would take, and they'd take the wheat, they'd bundle it up, and they'd take it to the barn. And they would take the weeds, and they'd use it and burn it. And the beautiful thing is, if it was cold, they could use it to warm their houses. They could use it to warm themselves up. So it's being used for something powerful. Amen? Does that make sense to everybody? That's the purifying of the wheat. That's the burning, I mean the weeds. That's the burning of the weeds. And the wheat going to the barn means you still sit and meditate on it. Fourth unity principle. And let it be your own truth. Not just the truth that's a part of you that is because you're a part of God. It becomes your truth that you become living and it's part of your lifestyle. Does that make sense? Because when it goes into the barn, it's in the barn to wait for them to take to the threshing floor to turn it into the grain that it needs to make the food or sell it for, for a profit. When you take it and you meditate on it, you begin to live the truth that you know it begins to prosper your life. Amen? Do you see the connection? You see how the story of the parable of the wheat and the weeds becomes a process of our life. Isn't that powerful? You ever had a moment where there's something or some behavior or something that you're doing you want to change? You ever had a moment where there's a way you felt bad about something that you did or a mistake you did? Did it take you a minute to change that idea of that thought? Because in your mind, which is still a mind that may be majority of consciousness of truth, there's still those weed thoughts there those false thoughts there. And it's our job not to condemn ourselves because we have them, but the practice turning those thoughts into something that can be, is called emotional and spiritual and mental alchemy, changing it into something better. And then you change your behavior because the thought that's produ produced the emotion has changed. Does that make sense? It's a deep process when you look at it. A deep process. I'm listening. I want you all to take this deeply because the only way we can truly live by being diverse, welcoming, loving, spirit-filled, and empowering expressions within this church or within the world is if you do the process within yourself. If you become a living example of what I shared about the truth in this parable. Because even in the world, when you look at the world, you have those of us who are out there wanting to shift and do a change in this world to make it a higher, better place for people to live, especially those who are coming up, right? But then you have those who are coming from a consciousness of greed or a consciousness of ignorance. And let me tell you, ignorance is not a bad thing. It just means you don't know. Forgive them, Father, for they do not know what they do. There are some of us who are in that process. That's the wheat and the weed living together in this world. And I promise you, God does not make us change. And Jesus, Jesus did not try to make somebody change because we have freedom of choice. Do you get that? You have freedom of choice. You have freedom to choose how you are in your own mind processing your wheat thoughts, 
of higher vibrational truth and your weed thoughts of those lower vibrational human truths, uh, which are not, they're false. But we got people in the world actually demonstrating it as well. And how we look at them can come from the consciousness of a weed conscious mentality of truth, seeing the person, the Christ in them, or we can be triggered and come from the weed where we condemn and criticize and become angry and resentful. Does that make sense? So it's not just in our consciousness, it's how we demonstrate in this world. Are you ready to become greater expressions of God? Yes? I am ready to become a greater expression of God. Together? I am ready to become a greater expression of God. I will take my weed thoughts, together? I will take my weed thoughts and burn them into the wheat of the world, together? And burn them into the wheat of the world. That's purifying it through the power of the pure love inside of you into something more pure and true. Because the weed, the ashes that come from the weeds, like I said, are used for fertilizer to fertilize the ground. So now another seed is planted with the weed that's been put there, the ashes of it that's become part of compost or fertilizer, whatever, and now the process starts over again. It's a rest of your life process of separating the wheat from the weeds. Do you get that? So if you fall back, oh, I backslid, it's a process. And as God told me, in your process lies my perfection. We are here to be the expression of it by loving our human experience in it and by taking those thoughts that are less than our thoughts and others and becoming and, and heightening them through spiritual alchemy into something true. Now, that means you deny the power of the emotion of that thought. And then you speak the truth to it. And you keep speaking the truth to it until you feel the truth of it. And you'll know because it'll be a peaceful feeling when that thought comes up again. Does that make sense? It's just burned into ashes once you get to that point. And then you use that new truth thought, become the wheat that goes to the barn, sit on it. And then you take it and you live the truth that you know. Which unity principle is that, y'all? Number five, right? I should have gave y'all time to say it. You live the truth that you know. So we are here to take our weed consciousness and alchemize it into the wheat consciousness. Does that make sense? And this is an everyday, moment-by-moment -moment process. And as you see yourself doing it, congratulate yourself on it. So as we live our vision to co-create a loving and compassionate spirit-filled world, Part of that process is transmuting ourselves from the process of where we see the weeds growing up inside of our mind, you know, because you're going to feel some kind of way about something, and transmute that into the wheat of who you truly are. Amen? I am the wheat of the world. Together, I am the wheat of the world. I am a highest expression of God. Together, I am ready to become God more deeply. Together. Now, are you, now, when you say it, close your eyes, hold your hand over your heart, and I want you to feel that as you say it. Feel the vibration of your words as you say it. Like, for, say, I am. Say it again. Feel the vibration the third time you say it. Say it again. Do you feel it? Do you feel the vibration of your words? Okay. I am the wheat of the Lord in this world. Together, I am the wheat of the Lord in this world. Breathe it in. Take a deep breath. And I promise you, 
Because you said I am, you have decreed it so, and it is so. Thank you, God. Amen. Thank you. So this song kind of fits into the message we just heard. It's called Center of It. It's by Chris August. And uh, it talks about uh, finding your center when uh, there seems to be dark shadows ahead or whatever it is that might be impeding your progress. Uh, it talks about bringing it back and, uh, and knowing that God's got your back. All right. Some days I'm feeling like I can't win, can't get it right And don't matter how hard I try, today is not my day When it feels like I'm going crazy And it looks like nothing's changing Come some, come rainy day, you are still the same In the dark, in the light, in the morning and night In the good, in the hurt in the places I hide When I rise, when I fall You'll be there through it all At the start, at the end In the center of the center of it Some nights I lay awake And I can't push these thoughts away I'm worried where I'm gonna go, where I'm gonna be, are you gonna be there for me? When it feels like the doors are closing, gotta trust that you're doing something. Come sun, come rainy day, you are all I need. In the dark, in the light, in the morning and night, in the good, in the hurt, in the places I hide. When I rise, when I fall, you'll be Center of the center of it, and there will be days I will forget everything you've done for me. But when I go back there again, I'm reminded in the dark, in the light, in. morning and night, in the good, in the hurt, in the places I hide. When I rise, when I fall, you'll be there through it all. At the start, at the end, in the center of the center of it. Yeah, yeah, the center of it all. Whoa, whoa, the center of it all. In the law. 
the wind, in the beauty and the spin, at the start, at the end, in the center of the center of it. Sweet business, sweet business. Give them another hand. Woo! That was a perfect song for that. <laughs> oh my gosh, oh my gosh. So let's um, bring your, yourselves into uh, deep, uh, just close your eyes and take a deep breath. Feel the presence of God provoking and igniting prosperity and abundance inside of you, bringing forth in your mind what you feel led to give as a donation to Unity of Farmington Hills today. And let's go ahead and affirm our love offering blessing together. Divine love through me blesses and multiplies all that I have, all that I give, and all that I receive. Thank you, God. Amen. And today is birthday Sunday for all of you who have August birthdays. And I guess we can put anniversary, birthday, anniversary Sunday in there too because there's some people who had anniversaries in August, um, including our newlyweds today. Oh, I knew this was going to happen. Ah, I got to keep it on. Uh, I'm just having this mask on is bothering me. So anyway, let's, uh, those of you who have August birthdays, can you stand so we can sing happy birthday to you? We can, we can sing it a cappella if you want. Yes. Oh, you got a birthday in August? I didn't know. Happy birthday. And Mike and, oh, Kirsten up there has a birthday in August. All righty. Okay, together. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday, you are wonderful, happy birthday to you, and many more. <laughs> and if you can come downstairs, let's celebrate you, and happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary to you. And it may be in addition to the family coming too, so happy, 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 happy to that too. Okay, so let's stand so we can do our uh, prayer for protection together because we're running late, so we're not going to do the virtual prayer circle. And remember when we leave out, if you want to help circulate some community event flyers, meet Eileen in a, uh, in a, uh, outside the sanctuary. Did I remember everything, y'all? Yeah. I did. Okay, perfect. All right, so let's go ahead and affirm our prayer for protection together. The light of God surrounds us. The love of God enfolds us. The power of God protects us. The presence of God watches over us. Wherever we are, God is, and all is well. Now our peace song. Joy is found. I'm taking time. 
Thank you for listening to this Unity of Farmington Hills podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and uplifted you. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings but would still like to support our spiritual community, visit our giving page, unityfh.com donate.